This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kanasin in the studio with me, Rich Bradbury. It is now five minutes past 12 p.m. Thursday, May the 23rd. And uh, Rich, it's we- not Thursday, Roshan. It's not Thursday. It's not Thursday. It's Wednesday. It's not even Wednesday. Oh, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I, I, the wrong, th- the wrong tea day. What is wrong with you today? You know what? I don't know. I think I'm trying to project forward. That's what's <laughs> happening. Um, what really happened is I probably need to check my eyesight because yeah. I saw the tea the tea in front of Tuesday and I said Thursday. Great. Uh, that's a wonderful way Good to start. kind of uh, start the show yeah. up, right? The energy level yeah. we need. That's where we need to be. Putting out fires, just mm-hmm. like entrepreneurs do on a daily basis. And on that note, um, Rich, we know based on the interviews we do open for business, we speak to a lot of entrepreneurs mm. and uh, a lot of times it feels like it's a far, it, I mean, not feels like, we know it's a fast-paced world from the conversations we have. And they're always, you know, putting out fires on a daily basis while trying to look ahead to try and grow the business, often wearing many hats, right? From basic things like sending emails to paying suppliers to invoicing clients, working out marketing plans, all of this while trying to actually do the job yeah. of making your business go forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that all of that, is important work, yeah. um, uh, but it's also critical to you know plan ahead beyond like the the day to day. And uh, one such area is business succession planning, uh, whether or not it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Correct. Russian. Correct. Uh, I mean, it might not be the happiest topic in the world, but mm. it is, or, or it should be, uh, a, f- a fundamental part of business strategy. And what happens to you? What happens to your business, rather, and your loved ones if something happens to you? You know, and a perfect example of this is um, succession, right? For those of you who watch don't spoil I won't spoil anything no worries guys there's no I'm not going to spoil anything but if you've watched HBO's Succession um, there are plenty of examples of why you need some kind of plan and being able (laughs) to stick to it and you know in the uh, leading up to the fact that next week Mm. we will see the finale for the series Mm -hmm. I thought why not talk about succession planning as well on the show Um, so let us know what you think about succession planning Um, do you think it's important not important not my problem today and uh, do you have any horror stories? I think that's the more interesting part because we do hear a lot of that um, lack of planning leading mm. to things like disputes. Mm. So if you've got any stories that you're willing to share, um, you can WhatsApp us. I'm interested in hearing from um, family businesses as well, yes. particularly you know, in, in terms of succession. I think that is a really interesting conversation to have because there's two very different words, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. succession when it's not your family and succession when it is. Correct. And it sometimes feels more complicated when yeah. it is a private company when it is a family company mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, which kid is going to take up the mantle and all that jazz. Uh, any stories, you can WhatsApp us on our U mobile number. That's 018-789-8899. Uh, so today on Enterprise Biz Bites, we're getting into why it's important to have a clearly articulated business succession plan and how you can start today. And we're speaking with Edi Iran Zainan Abidin, the Executive Director at Bill Morrison's Wealth Management. Edi, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Roshan. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, it's my first time doing a live show. Pretty much nervous. Fantastic he's, to have you on. Let's, let's go easy on him. So maybe let's start with a little bit of uh, introduction then, Idi. First right. time with us here. Um, what do you do at Bill Morrison's Wealth Management? Uh, we are basically integrated wealth management company. We're licensed under Securities Commission and Bank Negara as financial advisors and also financial planning uh, company. Uh, we manage more than probably 3,000 clients, uh, mostly 
probably 95% of them are individuals. Mm. Uh, and most of these individuals are high net worth clients who actually have their own uh, enterprise. Family businesses? Family businesses, Perfect. of course. Yeah, that's right. Wonderful, wonderful. Can't wait. Yeah, so Eddie, let's start with the basics then. Right. Since you are wealth management, a lot of that comes with financial planning. And we know that financial planning is important for individuals. And the, often the, the topics we talk about, retirement planning, uh, to ensure that we, or to whether we have appropriate amount of insurance cover, uh, but that's from the individual perspective. Maybe you could give us a little bit of uh, context here to how different financial planning is from individuals to uh, business owners and entrepreneurs. How different is that? Well, uh, Roshan, I mean, there's good, uh, what do you call it, touch points to start with on this, uh, uh, this matter. It's worth noting that some financial planning principles and strategies may overlap mm, between mm. individual and corporate financial planning. Both require assessing financial goals, creating budgets, managing debt, optimizing investments, and considering insurance needs. However, the scale, complexity, focus differ significantly based on whether the planning is for an individual or for a corporation. For instance, like the goals and objectives for individual individual financial planning focuses more on meeting personal financial goals. Yeah. Uh, such as retirement, buying a home, funding education, achieving financial independence. Uh, we're all actually looking for that, right? But in contrast, corporate financial planning revolves around maximizing shareholders' value, profitability, long-term growth. And corporate financial goals of often include increasing revenue, uh, improving profitability, managing cash flows, and optimizing the company's financial structure. Uh, let's look at complexity and scope itself, mm-hmm. I think, uh, on the broad uh, horizon. And looking at corporate financial planning tends to be more complex, comprehensive compared to individual financial planning. It involves uh, analyzing various financial aspects, financial statements, budgets, cash flow projections, capital expenditures, et cetera, et cetera. So it's pretty much complex than a personal uh, financial plan. So there's a level of complexity there, Idi. But what about um, business owners and entrepreneurs as individuals, right? right. How, how does that differ from the employee, uh, the employee who's you know just getting a salary, has their EPF? Right. More simplistic, I would guess. Um, well, for a day-to-day person, I think it's pretty much simplistic because I suppose that once you're in the job market, everything is taken care of. Mm. You don't have to think about this. You only think about you and your family, right? Basically, your stakeholders. Yeah. Uh, but once you are the owner of the enterprise, you're looking at planning ahead, which I think uh, Malaysians are not uh, well adjusted in terms of planning ahead. I'll put I'm, my hand up here as an Englishman <laughs> and say, it's not just Malaysians. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just I mean, to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, we are we are living in Malaysia where our the uh, year all along weather is always sunny or rain, right? Mm-hmm. We never plan for winters or, or, or extreme heat of the mm. summer. So we don't actually plan all these things. Mm. So just imagine that there's a flash flood and suddenly everybody, everything went chaotic. I mean, that's basically uh, what we're looking at, right? Mm. It's, it's, it's innate for Malaysians to do that. So for somebody who wants to plan ahead 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years... To see the unforeseen circumstances is not something that is easy to do. Right. Okay. So there's obviously a lot of important areas to consider. Right. Let's let's just zoom in a little bit then to succession planning and help us understand why it, it is important to have a clear and, and even a well-articulated business succession plan. Right. Uh, and I, I think that well-articulated part is something mm. I'm very keen on. Right. 
a well-articulated business succession plan is, is easier said than done. Right. Um, but if you can do it, why it is important? Because number one, I think it promotes continuity and stability of the company. Right, you want continuity and stability of the business in the face of unexpected events, mm. such as retirement, disability, or death of the owner of key individuals. Without a plan in place, the business may face disruptions, uncertainty, even potential closure. I mean, there's, there's a lot of examples that you can see, uh, not only in Malaysia, but across the globe. Yeah. Uh, a well-prepared succession plan ensures a smooth transition and minimizes the impact on operations, employees, customers, and stakeholders, right? I mean, just imagine that um, BFM, mm. for instance, uh, if the owner actually passes on without any proper succession planning, it creates a lot of enormity among the staff. Mm. People will start second guessing in terms of what's going to happen to us. Create a void at the top, basically. Correct, that's right. So mm. I think that's a very good example to start with, right? I mean, without a succession plan, a family-owned SME faces a sudden illness of the owner, for instance, who is the key decision maker. Uh, the absence of plan results in uncertainty, conflicts among family members. Mm. I think all of us, well, it's not a known, it's a known secret mm. that most of the big families who actually own major corporations, even enlisted companies, having all these problems, right? Mm. Yes. Right. <laughs> Plenty of news articles over the years. We're not going to Correct. name any of the big uh, <laughs> names here, but there have been plenty of articles over disputes, which will is the correct one, who's supposed to run the business. So I'm guessing uh, it, that's why it needs to be well articulated. Right. I mean, people just want a clear, concise uh, a roadmap of next leadership. Mm. But without that, I think this would definitely lead in terms of decline of business operations, customers' trust, ultimately causing financial distress and potential closure of the business. That's pretty much it, mm-hmm. right? Just imagine if you actually start building it for many, many years, just to see the demise of the business, who actually it's well known at one point of time because of non-clarity uh, in terms of business succession, it just went to, uh, you know, a uh, clear demise. And as we know from uh, the TV show that you've mentioned uh, a couple of times, Succession, even when that thought of um, people not knowing who the the business is going to go to next, you know, that could affect things like share prices and, and, you know, create panic in the market. And that's when things start. Poor waste our Royco. There you go. That's when things start getting really, really complicated, right? But, you know, we could use that as an analogy because when, uh, and I'm going to season one, so if you haven't watched season one, then I'm sorry. But essentially there, there was a plan that was then backtracked and then there started to be infighting amongst the kids over who would be heir apparent to this mm. giant conglomerate later on, which brings up on, like, all those different things, right? You stop, you stop focusing on the business yeah. and start focusing on your own turf, who is going to be able to um, take up the mantle and lead the company and all that jazz. So, Eddie, with some of the work you, your firm has done with clients and you noted that you also have um, some business owners as well, maybe shed some light on the typical problems or mistakes uh, you see when it comes to business succession planning for SMEs or even uh, micro SMEs. Right. Well, I can't provide specific examples, real life uh, case studies, uh, but I can discuss some common problems mistakes that SMEs globally include those in Malaysia. Um, the typical problems and mistakes that SMEs have often face is basically insufficient financial management. That's one. Um, I mean, inadequate re- 
record keeping and lack of financial controls lead to poor financial management, resulting in cash flow problems, excessive debts and whatnot. Uh, lack of strategic planning, that's one. Uh, neglecting to develop a clear business strategy, long-term vision, uh, resulting in a lack of direction and missed opportunities for growth and innovation as well. So um, other than that, I think we're looking at ineffective marketing, weak human resource management. I think human resource is something that uh, very closely knit to business succession planning, especially when you have, uh, I mean, uh, the the main person who is the head of the family, who is actually looking at the children and the children doesn't actually uh, bother or interested the least interest to actually, you know, go through to that business. I mean, we've seen that a lot, yeah. examples nowadays. Uh, so now I think uh, the business owner will probably have an issue to actually find who is going to continue next. Yeah. So human resource capability is something that, you know, every entrepreneur need to actually consider. It's really important. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, in fact, you know, majority, I mean, you look at behavioral science now, I think majority of the human resource consultancy companies come up with a lot of models, right? Uh, <laughs> just to make sure that uh, through behavioral patterns and science, you'll be able to actually look at this other guy who will be able to actually continue your legacy for the next 20 years. But more often than not, the plan doesn't actually. You're right. Uh, yep you know, come through. So that's another issue that you might want, you do, wouldn't want to actually gamble upon. So as a, as a head of the company, you might want to pinpoint and, and, and probably highlight who is the next succession by identify, train them up, mentoring purpose, uh, processes and whatnot. So it takes a longer time. Now, the issue with the business owners is that what happens if the person leaves? Mm. Yeah. So that's another issue altogether. <laughs> well, we can talk more than 20 minutes about this. Oh, for yeah. sure, I'm sure. <laughs> and, you know, Eddie, we got a lot more to talk about, as yeah. you've highlighted, right? Yeah. And um, if you just joined us, uh, we've been talking about how the with the fast pace of the world of entrepreneurship, uh, it's important to think about the here and now because uh, it's critical to put out fires, but it's also really vital to look and plan ahead. And one key area that we've been looking at today is business succession planning. To give us a clearer sense of why it's important uh, to have a business succession plan and how you can start today, we've been speaking with Edi Irwan Zainal Abidin, Executive Director at Bill Morrison's Wealth Management. You can get in touch and send us messages on WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. We'll be back in just a bit. I'm Roshan here with Richard, and here is Charles Brown. Bradley with Ain't It a Sin on BFM 89.9. Burden Free Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan, joined in the studio by Richard. And if you've just joined us, well, the world of entrepreneurship is a fast-paced one with fires to put out on a daily basis, all while trying to actually do the job of delivering your product or service to clients. While the here and now is critical, though, it's also vital to look and plan ahead. And one key area to consider is business succession planning. To give us a clearer sense of why it's important to have a business succession plan and how you can start today. We've been speaking with Idi Irwan Zainal Abidin, the Executive Director at Bill Morrison's Wealth Management. So Idi, let's get into it. Um, give us a sense of what a good business succession plan looks like. No pressure. 
<laughs> there was a pause and a deep breath. That just, was just the face he gave, the look he gave me. No, I just wanted to actually tell you if you haven't watched the succession plan, uh, succession yet, go and watch it. You should watch it because it's actually true. It is true. Uh, well, uh, coming back to your question, um, good business succession planning framework takes a holistic uh, approach, um, addressing financial, legal, operational, and human resource aspects. It considers the specific needs and goals of the business owner while preparing the organization for a seamless transition. I think that's the key word, mm. seamless transition to a new leadership. Consulting with professionals such as legal advisors, financial planners, business consultants can provide valuable guidance and expertise in developing an effective succession plan. Now, uh, what is a good business succession planning or framework? Uh, there are several key components um, I can touch in terms of generally, but looking at it is basically assessment and evaluation of your company. Uh, the current state of business, financial health, market position, evaluate your potential successes. That's the most important thing because uh, whether they are family members, existing employees or external candidates based on their skills, qualifications and commitment to the business, that is all very important. There's so much that you need to consider as a business owner because you're looking at people who's going to continue that company for as long as possible, right? Right. Right. So uh, next would be a clear and objective goals. Uh, define your objectives. A, 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 a defined objectives and goals of the session plan is really important because you need to consider whether uh, if the owner's time plans are still there, it's fixed. Uh, what is sort of desired legacy they, they want to actually live? Uh, financial expectations and the long term vision of the, of the business. These are the very important, clear, and objective goals that the. The, the, the owners need to actually express, mm. especially when they, uh, when they uh, address the audience, which is their staff and also their management uh, team. Uh, succession strategies, uh, to determine the most suitable succession strategy based on the owner's goals and capabilities of the potential successors. You need to consider options such as you know, internal transfers, gradual ownership, transfers, mergers and acquisition. These are, these are all of it's very wide it's the kind of possibilities wide. we're talking here correct that's right yeah. and what the one thing you, you did mention which was quite interesting was the fact that it's not just about who you want to take up the mantle but preparing the groundwork around that so that you prepare for a seamless succession correct that's right so talent development and grooming is one of the important factors mm. uh, to de- determine who's your next succession successor would be uh Obviously, you need to invest heavily in the development and preparation of potential successes through mentoring, training programs, exposures to various aspects of the business. See, to identify and address any skills gap is is easier said than done because Mm. it takes a lot of time. It Mm. takes a lot of preparation. It takes a lot of skill to actually identify talents. And not only that, once you identify them, you need to ensure that you need to keep them. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, that's the issue, right? Yeah, uh, and especially I, I guess when you've kind of impressed upon that person that they do have skill, they do have talent, because then you you might be giving them a bit too much confidence as well. <laughs> they, they might, you know, just turn around and say, "Well, thank you for all of that. Thank yeah. you for the training." Off I pop. Yeah, you know. Um, but some of the stuff you just mentioned there, can you give us some like relatable examples that we can maybe share um, to kind of better illustrate some of these key tenets that you're talking about? Right. Uh, for instance, like um, I think 
a manufacturing company uh, mm. uh, that assesses its current financial performance in terms of assessment of evaluation, right? So they would probably identify a potential successes within the organization who has demonstrated strong leadership skills, industry knowledge. Yeah. I think that would it would be a very good start. And uh, to have somebody who has a deeper understanding of the company's operation is a very good start where you can actually start nurturing this talent. Uh, uh, the other part where succession strategies, I mean, example, uh, you've seen a lot of software development companies uh, decides to groom an internal candidate as the successor to the founder. So they establish a gradual ownership transfer plan over a period, let's say about three years. I mean, this thing you need to be clear about mm. so that people understand what your plans are and it can be carried forward easily. So once they establish a gradual ownership transfer uh, over a period of three years, allowing the successor to gradually assume leadership responsibilities while receiving mentoring and guidance from the founder. I think it creates a stability, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, and obviously, any software development company will probably have investors in it, mm, mm. right? They've probably got seed funding from their angel investors and they would like to see this in place because nobody wants to see their investment being hung out and dry just because the founders actually probably you know, passed away or incapacitated. Which leads up nicely onto your next question. Correct. Yeah. So like, with all these things we discussed, the right. hypothetical here as you've uh, already uh, getting to, mm. uh, let's say uh, two partners get together to run a food truck. Right. right? Simple members? business. Family members? Or? Family members. Okay, let's say <laughs> two brothers. Right, okay. All right? right. No, no, let's make it a bit more complicated. Not brothers, right? Ah, so two right. friends okay. get together yeah. to do a food truck and one falls into a coma, has a little bit of an accident. Um, what happens to the business then to maybe their share of the business? What are the complexities here? Okay. Uh, Another deep breath, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always tell some of my clients say that uh, you know money actually makes it everything complicated. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm assuming the food truck is actually doing very well. Um, They've got six outlets. Yeah. <laughs> within a one mile square radius. So they're doing very well. Yeah. So so if two partners who are not family members run a food truck business and one partner is suddenly incapacitated, uh, the handling of the partner's share in the business would depend on the legal agreements and structures in place. Mm. So here are two possible scenarios. Number one, they already have a partnership agreement in place. Very highly unlikely formulations. <laughs> <laughs> so if the partners had a formal partnership agreement in place, it would typically outline the procedures of the transfer of ownership in the event of the partner's death or, or, or incapacitated in this, in, this, in this case. So the agreement might include provisions such as a buy-sell agreement or clause specifying how the deceased partner's share will be valued and distributed. Like I said, I mean, this all needs to be well-planned. Mm -hmm. And this well-planned needs to be aware. So before awareness, they need to know what's going on before they went into it, right? So the surviving partner may have the option to buy out the deceased partner's shares or the partnership agreement might stipulate that the share is passed on to the deceased partner's estate or designated the beneficiaries. So it's pretty much clear for what it's laid down on the table saying that if I die, you take over, mm. right? It's pretty much simple. Uh, I have to uh, point out that, you know, as individuals, as human, everybody reacts uh, the way uh, differently. Ev everybody actually think differently. So 
if you have uh, what do you call it agreed to have your partner to join in an adventure that you believe in that will take care of your family members as well because you're talking about your economic lifestyles and development will probably progress from there then you will make sure that the business will go on forever and obviously the partner will probably want trusted in you believed in you mm. and ensuring that you know I don't want anybody else to come in so if I, if you any one of us passed on I want to choose somebody that I want to partner with. Right. Just before we go into the break, Eddie, right. um, that agreement between those two partners, right. um, how I, I suspect that agreement is, is not only there to kind of make things less complicated, but to remove the emotion of that decision moving forward. Would that be correct to assume? Correct. Correct. I mean... Uh, because if, as you say, we're, we're humans, we all... Yeah. Yeah. So just imagine that if there's no buy and sell agreement, So obviously, if I passed on, uh, the shares will be inherited by my wife or my, my family members. So they do not know how to run the food truck, uh, food truck business. Mm -hmm. And when they took over, then they will probably have a say because it's probably 50-50, right? And my existing partner, who is a surviving partner, will probably do not agree to what they say. So that would actually contribute to the demise of the business altogether. Probably take another six months to actually see it collapse. Mm. So just imagine that you've built that business six trucks after, then suddenly I died, the business, you know, just collapsed. So you don't want that to happen. So that's the reason why you need to pre-plan all this. Knowing that everybody's listening to this show, hopefully we'll probably <laughs> start doing the buy-sell agreement. Right. And on the flip side, in, the, in an, in an uh, event that there's no um, agreement uh, for uh, or no clear agreement, then this becomes a situation of legality and court and probate and all that. Correct. That's and that, right. Which is uh, a mess in itself. It's a mess in itself because you know why? Uh, if there's no money in the business, it's kind of straightforward. Mm. If there's a lot of money, everybody has vested interest in it. I want a piece of that action as well, right? Yep. Uh, Eddie, we got more to talk about. Uh, today, we're talking about the fast-paced world of entrepreneurship. And while it's important to look at today and figure out what to do, it's also important to look ahead. And one key area we're exploring is succession planning, giving us a sense of what's important in a business succession plan and how you can start today. We've been speaking to Eddie Irwan Zainal Abidin, Executive Director at Bill Morrison's Wealth Management. Uh, tell us what you think over on WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. I'm Roshan with Richard, and here is Tom. Uploader with Dancing in the Moonlight on BFM 89.9. Brand Friendly Marketeers, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kennison, joined in the studio by Richard Bradbury. And if you've just joined us today on Biz Bites, we're getting a clearer sense on why it's important to have a business succession plan and how you can start today. We've been speaking with Idi Irwan Zainal Abidin, the Executive Director at Bill Morrison's Wealth Management, for some help in this area. So, Idi, we've covered a lot of ground. So, in this part of the conversation, I want to try and get some you know, key action steps, some a call to action so that people can get started today. Right. Um, a lot of what we talked about actually does sound very complicated and very intimidating. So I'm hoping that we can try and break it down. Um, maybe we start with this. What are some of the first steps a business owner should take towards getting a succession plan done to better protect not just their business, businesses, but their loved ones and dependents? Right. I think uh, for starters, 
business owners should at least have a buy and sell agreement arranged with their business partners. Mm. Uh, might not resolve everything, but it does resolve issues on the surviving partners of the business and the bereaved family of the deceased as well. Uh, a well-structured buy and sell agreement typically includes several creep provisions to ensure clarity, uh, fairness, and a smooth transfer of ownership in the event of triggering event. While the specific details may vary based on the circumstances and preferences uh, of the parties involved, here are basically elements. There are elements commonly found in buy and sell agreement, like you know the, to define, to clearly define or triggering events. Uh, you need to clearly define uh, if it's based on death, disability, retirement, voluntary exit, etc., etc. Um, valuation methodology, which is quite interesting because mm. you need to actually look into that. Um, obviously, if the business goes well over the years, mm. you need to you know uh, frequently value your business because you need to define uh, in the buy and sell agreement in terms of uh, what sort of method. How much you're going to price the business at yeah, that sale point. Correct. So mm. uh, some examples that you can actually use, basically multiple of earnings, fair market value, or agreed upon appraisal process. Uh, but it is very important because it deals with money. Uh, funding mechanism, uh, that's where a lot of people will probably ask, how do I fund uh, the purchase of the shares? So uh, clearly, it's easier for you to use insurance policies. Mm. So each partner will actually have to buy insurance policies once the value has been determined. So each partner will have to uh, purchase the policy based on that value. Right? How are they going to fund it? Uh, there are a lot of methods. You can actually talk to me uh, privately if you want, but uh, there are suitable tools that you can actually use. Uh, first right of refusal, something that uh, to grant the remaining partner to, as the first right of refusal to purchase the deceased partner's share before it can be offered to third parties. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, some third parties will probably come up and say that uh, I'll offer you more. Uh, but the thing is, the surviving partner will have to have a say because mm. at the end of the day, he will be running the business. He doesn't want any strangers to come in and dictate For something sure. that they believed in. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, purchase price and payment terms, like I said, is in terms of uh, what sort of purchase price you're looking at, uh, shares and outline in terms of payment. Uh, dispute resolution. Uh, so the mechanics, if you be able to actually come up, uh, is basically to look at a certain arbitration or mediation uh, just to resolve any disagreements or disputes that may arise during the implementation. So of the, the way that dispute will be resolved is predetermined. Yeah, correct. Mm-mm. So, like I said, I mean, it's not a straightforward thing. It is easier said than done, but there's a lot of careful planning you need to put on paper, not just put in your head. Right. But in, you need to actually carefully plan this in order to have a very successful and meaningful uh, buy-sell agreement. Okay. I mean, that, that's great, right? <laughs> We've got five minutes left. <laughs> right. But I, I want to ask you, and, uh, you know, you, you've said it a few times yourself. Yeah. Many Malaysians, and I, you know, don't have this in mind. You know, right. they, they don't consider any of these things when it comes to opening a small business. Many, not all, many. Yeah. Um, and I'm asking for a friend here. Um, <laughs> if you didn't have the time or the resources to do all of those things that you just mentioned there, if, if they had to do maybe one or two things and that's all they, they had time for, right. what would you tell them to do? Th- this is what you must do at the very least. Uh, 
See, that is a deep breath again. You know, <laughs> it's like how how can you ask me for just two things, Richard? Well, you can call any licensed financial advisors one to actually look into this uh, while you actually attending all your important business meetings and whatnot, mm. because obviously you don't have time to actually mm. look into this. And obviously, people like me and some of my peers who, who are looking at this, uh, uh, what do you call it, in detail. Uh, we'll be able to actually advise you what's the next step. Mm. Uh, obviously, we will come up with the timeline and whatnot. So we'll pre-plan everything for you to actually conclude. Uh, that's one. Uh, number two, uh, talk to your friendly FEA. Like basically, it's uh, back to point number one. <laughs> because it resolves a lot of things. It resolves a lot of timing issues. Because uh, the problem is that you don't know when you're going to kick the bucket. Right. That's right. a nice way of putting it, but yes, <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't know where you're going to kick when you kick going to kick the bucket. So get someone to help you out. Yeah. Uh, but you also kind of gave us a lot of those key points earlier as well, right? Things like the buy and sell clause agreement. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that I failed to mention earlier is that you know if if uh, you would because there would be a platform that you can actually put all this into a perspective or framework. You can use a a, a trusty vehicle. Right, a trust vehicle to house your uh, buy and sell agreement, so that there will be an independent, uh, uh, a uh, non-partisan person who is not interested in your business, but interested to look how the handover process is is being smoothly passed on to the next person. Mm. So then you can actually park the buy and sell agreement within the trust, so the trust will be managing all this as well. So having. Uh so the benefit of the trust would be that it would be impartial? They are impartial, yeah. I mean, they they look into uh, what are the things that you want to uh, as prescribed under the buy and sell agreement and they will oversee that things will move in, uh, the transition will be moving very mm-hmm. smoothly. Mm-hmm. So that's very important because, uh, you know, once you are six feet underground, that's not no, you, precisely, you can't yeah, see anything. The only right? time that you can plan for what you want to happen, uh, should something happen to you, is before yeah, that, correct. right? So That's you got to right. get the umbrella out before it starts raining, as opposed That's to the right. reverse. That's right. Um, but uh, Eddie, I think we've got a lot of ground. I think the previous question where you gave us those the list of key things would be very helpful for those who maybe can't get someone to help them, or at least uh, if you have one food truck, then at least you have the basic ingredients for a, a, a decent basic agreement. Uh, but thank you so much for your time today, Eddie. Well, thank you so much, guys. I've learned a lot today. Thank you very much, Eddie. Yeah. Um, Richard and I were speaking with Idi Irwan Zainal Abidin, the Executive Director at Bill Morrison's Wealth Management. If you miss any part of that conversation, you definitely want to catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just look up BFM Enterprise BizBytes on those players. Um, after the 1pm news bulletin, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay. Span, Span the National Water Service Commission has been tasked with working with the various water operators and local authorities on the best way to distribute water. This morning on the Breakfast Grill, Philip C. spoke to Charles Santiago, chairman of Span and former Clang MP on the plans to avoid a water crisis including checking on dam water levels and raw water availability as well as proposals on an interstate water connection catch the conversation after the 1pm news bulletin i'm Roshan Kanisen with richard bradbury and this has been enterprise biz bites taking you up to the 1pm news bulletin here is the romantics with talking in your sleep on bfm 89.9 you have been listening to a podcast from bfm 89.9 
the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.